At the Furniture Gallery in Blanding, we aren't just trying to sell you anything and everything. We actually care about you and your family. At the Furniture Gallery, we guarantee that you'll find the best quality option that fits you. In our exclusive America's Mattress showroom, we have the best brands like Beautyrest, Serta, and much, much more. Visit us today at 215 East Center Street in Blanding, where we have the best variety of furniture in San Juan County. Furniture Gallery will do whatever it takes to make you a customer for life. Welcome to the South Basin Football Podcast. Here is your host, Jeff Tuckett. Welcome to another episode of the South Basin Podcast. I am your host for the what might be the last time. Uh, my name is Jeff Tuckett, founder and owner of Slinging the Pill Media, and we are growing like crazy right now. Um, we are picking up hosts left and right. Uh, if any of the uh, audience here listening to these podcasts have ever wanted to be a sports podcaster and you have to be graduated uh, because of bias, um, let me know and we can see what we can see. Um, you'll have to send me a little audio of you podcasting and see if you got what it takes to become a host. Uh, but we are having a lot of our podcasts covered by other hosts that we are picking up and we have one that's going to take over this podcast. So this is the last time um, I will talk to you. I might swoop in from uh, now and then uh, with some sports updates some some spring sports updates as well. Um, but when it comes to interviews, this might be the last time that I interview a player or a coach. And today we get to interview the coach of the Kanab Cowboys, uh, J.R. Kornberg. So that is, yeah, I'm really excited about that. Uh, every time we get to interview a coach, it's it's something special. Nothing against players, but we probably interview players, you know, 10 to, times, 10 to 1 uh, compared to coaches. So it's nice to hear a different perspective and um yeah, I talk some X's and O's with, with a coach. So we're excited about that. I'm actually recording this before the actual interview, which is rare. Um, but yeah, so there's exciting growth in Slinging the Pill Media. Um, so other news, the Logo Tournament has kicked off at least um, in some of the bigger areas with some of the schools that we have six teams to that region. Uh, the South Basin podcasts will start their logo tournament probably tomorrow and i believe this podcast will come out tonight so it actually will be tomorrow so that's awesome so we're going to jump into our sports updates for this week now it's time for sports updates we are going to start our updates with Monticello. Uh, their baseball team right now is one and four on the season. Their last game that they played, they beat Altamont 19 runs to zero to finally end their losing streak. So they put a big offensive numbers, which is always awesome. Their next game is going to be Friday. Um, so just a couple days from now where they're going to take on the Millard Eagles on the road over in Millard. Man, being from Monticello and Blanding, you got to travel a lot. That's a long way to go. And that will be the start of a series with Millard. They're, they will play them back-to-back -back on the same day. Uh, then they will travel to Salina to take on North Severe, and then Millard again, and then Gunnison twice, and then uh, their season is almost over. So some exciting stuff coming out of Monticello. And they don't have other teams... To cover, so we're going to go to San Juan 
the San Juan baseball team right now is doing okay. Uh, they are 2-8 and eight on the year. 0-4 uh, in league, unfortunately. Uh, recently, they have lost, they're on a two-game losing streak, losing to a series to Amory, both a home and on the road. Uh, more recently, unfortunately, they started their uh, series with the Carbon Dinos, and that hasn't gone well. They lost their last game just this last Tuesday, so that would be yesterday, zero to nineteen runs for Carbon. It's a good Carbon team at nine and Carbon team at nine and four. They'll play Carbon again on Friday uh, in Price. Uh, before they start a series with Grand County, uh, splitting one on the road and one at home. And then they'll have a break where they play North San Pete, and then they'll start their series with South Severe. Uh, the softball team over in San Juan is picking up a little steam. They are four and six on the year, so still below 500 and three and four on the season, but they raked up two wins most recently, winning and uh, sweeping a series against South Severe, uh, one at home and one away. Those scores were 10 to three in favor of the Broncos and then 17 to six in favor of the Broncos. Their next game is going to be this Saturday where they are going to be participating in a tournament and they will start this tournament by playing a very good Springville Red Devils team who are eight and three. Um, after that point, they will play Gunnison Valley and Cedar in the tournament. So they're playing some some good competition. Hopefully they can rack up some wins over there in San Juan and their softball team. Um, we're going to move over to soccer. They are not doing too hot this season and are still winless. They are 0-7 and 0-5 in region play. Uh, most recently, they lost a, a game against Emory in a neutral site where they lost seven goals to zero um, on the year they've actually only scored three goals on the year and that was to South Severe so hopefully they can uh, end a little bit better than they have begun most recently they lost to Carbon just yesterday zero goals to ten their next game is going to be this Friday on the road over in Moab taking on Grand County after that point, the next Tuesday at 4 o'clock, they will host uh, the South Severe Rams of Monroe. So hopefully uh, the spring sports can improve and at least um, end on a good note for, for San Juan. Grand County is struggling as well this season. They are 0-4 in region play and 2-11 overall for the Devils of Grand County um, recently. They have lost one, two, three, four, five, six straight, which is unfortunate. They're losing to such teams like Emory twice, Carbon Union, Desert Hills, and Millard. Uh, the la last game was against Millard, where they hosted the Eagles, and they lost four runs to eight. Uh, they start a doubleheader series against uh, Richfield Wildcats. That's going to kick off at 1 o'clock. After that point, they will start a series with San Juan and then a series with Carbon, and they will finish off the season with an away game over in Monticello. So there's still a shot. So you're saying there's a chance. The softball team um, has other plans. They are undefeated in the region with a 1-0 record and 5-0, sorry, 5-1 uh, overall. Most recently, they took down San Juan, beating them 10 runs to zero, um, and that was at home. They have a tournament game coming up this Saturday. It's going to be, I'm guessing, uh, the same 
tournament that we spoke about before. It'll be played in the Payson area. That'll start at 11 o'clock against Cedar, and then they will play. Um, they will play out that tournament. On Tuesday, April 13th at 3.30 p.m., they're going to travel all the way to Richfield to take on the Wildcats, and then uh, the next day they will travel to Price to take on Carbon. And finally, Grand County Soccer. They are undefeated on the season. 5-0 and 5-0 and in region play. Uh, they started off the season beating teams uh, San Juan, Richfield, South Severe, Emory, Carbon. And their next game is going to be this Friday, and they will be hosting the Broncos of San Juan, who are winless. So will most likely notch up another win in their win column. They only have four more games after that to end the season, which is Carbon at home, South Severe on the road, Richfield at home, and then Manti on a neutral site. So uh, things are looking good for Grand County. Hopefully they can continue their onslaught of wins and make a run in the postseason. Next, we're going to move on to the Emory Spartans. They are 9-2 on the year in baseball and 4-0 in region play. So they are having a fantastic season thus far. Most recently, they have won three straight, beating Grand County and San Juan twice. Uh, most recently, they beat San Juan uh, uh, at home 14 runs to five. So not only did they win, but they won in style. Their next three games are going to be Tuesday April 13th at 12 o'clock on the road on the road over in Monroe where they're going to take on the South Severe Rams and two days after that on Thursday at 3.30 p.m. over in Roosevelt they're going to take on Union and Friday the day after at 12 o'clock at home they're going to take on South Severe so the baseball team is looking good over in Emory and it will be most likely be making some noise in the postseason softball they are not having a bad season as well they are 5-3 and 1 and 500 in region play with a record of one and one unfortunately recently they dropped two in a row losing to the carbon dinos at home uh, five runs to 13 and then dropping another one at home to manti to the templars two runs to eight their next game is going to be in a tournament against juab and this will be at a neutral site over in pace and there's going to be a lot of softball games played over in this pace and tournament that'll take place at three o'clock p.m um they will also be playing Duchesne in that tournament as well. So after that tournament, their, their next three games are going to be hosting the Broncos of San Juan on April 16th at 3.30. And then uh, four days later on a Tuesday, they'll be traveling to Price to take on the Carbon Dinos. And then finally on April 22nd, uh, they will host the Richfield Wildcats. So things are looking good for both uh, softball and baseball uh, in Emory. Their soccer team is just a hair under 500 uh, on the year, but a hair over 500 in region play, which is what matters. They are three, two, and one tie in region. Um, most recently, they are one and one. They beat San Juan on April 1st in a neutral side, seven goals to zero. And more recently, lost a heartbreaker to North Sam Pete in Castledale, losing one goal to two. Their next three games, which is their final uh, three games of the soccer season, will become against uh, Richfield at home, Carbon at home, and then they will finish off the season with their last home game on April 20th at 4 o'clock, hosting San Juan. 
Finally, we're going to cover the team that we are highlighting today. We are having the coach of the Canab football team on later in this podcast. Uh, but the Canab Cowboys baseball team is 1-0 in region play and 5-6 and uh, overall in their schedule. The, most recently, they have won three straight, beating teams such as Richfield on the road, Canyon View at home, and Milford at home. Most recently, this was in Milford. They beat them 14 runs to nine this last Tuesday. Um, and this is the start of a series against Milford. Their next game will be this next Friday before they start a series with the Parowan Rams, which will take place on April 13th and 16th, one at home and one on the road. Uh, they only have two series left, and then the season is over for Kanab. They will play the Beaver Beavers uh, in a series starting April 20th, and they will conclude this season with a series again. And finally, Kanab Softball. They are 2-4 on the season and undefeated in region play at 1-0. Most recently, they beat a Milford team over on the road over in Milford, and they put up 22 runs in that matchup. Their next home game is going to be on this next Wednesday against Paiute at 3.30. Uh, so go support your Cowboys. After that, they have one, two, three, four, five remaining games against Milford, Beaver twice, and then Enterprise twice. And now for the time we've been waiting for, this whole podcast is going to be our interview with the head coach of the Canab Cowboys, J.R. Kornberg. This interview is brought to you by Spartan Companies, excellence in execution. All right. I'm excited for this episode. Another episode of the South Basin Football Podcast. We got uh, J.R. Kornberg. Is that how you say it? Yep, you got it. Oh, nice. I, I actually uh, went to it. school with some Kornberg, so I don't know if there's any relation there, but that's probably why I knew I how to know. pronounce a it. A name like that, there's got to be relation. But Yeah, that's what I was thinking too. But yeah, we appreciate you coming on, uh, coach of the Kanab Cowboys. Um, I went to high school in Grantsville High School, and we were also the Cowboys, so that's kind of cool. Nice. Yeah. Cowboy Connection. Yes, the Cowboy Connection. Um, I, for those of you that have already listened to our podcast, you know that we start out with our guests telling us a little bit about themselves and an interesting fact about them uh, that not a lot of people know, and coaches are no different. So uh, you have the floor, JR. All right. Something interesting about me. I don't know how interesting I am, but <laughs> yeah, I'm from Kanab. I grew up here. My dad coached here, so I grew up coach's son so i've got deep roots deep canab cowboy roots been here been here a long time um besides football uh i would say the the other thing that i enjoy equally as well as fishing so me and some of the coaches on the staff whatever we do we do quite a bit of fishing together that's uh, that's pretty cool that's pretty cool are you a fly fisherman or just offshore yeah yeah we fly fish Awesome. Yep. Okay. So, uh, just out of my own curiosity, so what's the population of Kanab, give or take? Uh, what are we, like around 3,000? I think maybe it's up closer to 3,500, but okay, right so that's that pretty range. small. Yeah, that's pretty small. Um, yeah. Yeah, Grantsville is like 9,000 or 10,000 now, so it's it's getting pretty big. Um, yeah. 
Yeah. The only reason I actually, I'm sure you guys get this a lot, but the only reason I actually knew that you guys were the Canab Cowboys is from Napoleon Dynamite when they're doing like the chicken <laughs> thing and the guys wear yeah. the Canab shirt. Yeah. I kind of made that shirt famous. There was like a t-shirt store in town that was selling those like hotcakes. Oh yeah. Oh sure. Yeah. Yeah. I'm sure that that worked out really yeah. well for those guys. Yep. All right. Well, cool. Thanks coach. Let, yeah. let's, let's jump into a little X's and O's here. Um, so when, let's right. tell us about your coaching journey. So how did you get here uh, coaching in Kanab? Um, good question. I guess, uh, I mean, I, like I said, I grew up in a football house. My dad, my dad coached football. So I've always been around it and I, I've always loved football. I think he, you know, he left high school and went and played college football and the next step for him, his dream was to be a head coach. And I didn't really have that path. You know, I think even five years ago, 10 years ago, if you asked me if I'd be a head coach, I wouldn't have, I probably would have said probably not, Mm -hmm. but just being around football and loving it. Like I've always wanted to be a part of it. So as soon as I moved back here, you know, we, me and my wife left and, and finished school and other places and wanted to always come back here because we love this place. But as soon as we got back here, I wanted to be involved in football and Jordan me running youth programs for a couple of home place for him and so i just you know became more and more interested and then when the chance to jump couldn't help myself yeah i bet i mean that's that's uh, for me i mean a a lover of football myself i think that would be one of my dream jobs as well is is to be able to to coach the kids and there's a lot of obviously a lot of uh, cons and a lot of pros but I think for a lot of coaches, uh, the, yeah. the pros is that it's it's rewarding as you get to see that the kids blossom and um, and grow. What would you say is the most rewarding part of being a head coach? For sure. I don't know. I'm new at this, but, you know, the time I've been around it, it's definitely it's definitely rewarding in a lot of different ways. One thing for me, you know, is is the people I get to be around. So when I was interested in taking the job before I started, you know, putting the resume together and committing myself to apply, I made some calls to some of my best friends that played football with me that are back here. Some of them went away and played some college football and some of them have done a little coaching, but it was like, there was a perfect group of us here that had moved back to Kanab in the last three or four years. We were all here. I could just so clearly be like, you know, he could do this. He could do this send out a text message to everyone. Hey, what about this idea? And everyone was like, heck yeah, I'm in. And it's been that way from the beginning. So working with those guys, like the the people I get to be around coaching together, that part has been awesome for me. But the other part of that is the kids, right? Just being around the kids and seeing their growth and seeing them get better and what the game of football can do for young men and all that. That's been awesome to see. And I'm excited to, uh, to to be able to do that as you know as I get further along coaching get more years under my belt to to be able to help these kids and see see some of that stuff happen 
Yeah, I mean, that sounds like a dream come true. I mean, you literally, it was like it was uh, destined to be that all of, I mean, your your fellow teammates all showed up at the same time and you get to, to coach football with some of your best friends, right? That's that's the dream right there. Yep, for sure. Oh, that's awesome. So, I mean, as you're working with these kids, I mean, there's uh, different ways to motivate um, people. I mean, like, not everybody's the same. But for you, uh, what do you feel best motivates your players? I wish I had a for sure answer for that one. That'd that'd be an awesome recipe if you knew you knew for sure answers to that question. But I'm trying to learn that as I go. Like it's weird, you know. You you think about what motivates these kids, and I think it's different for all of them. But I'm trying things right now in the off season that that you know different sorts of things, like even starting an Instagram page and getting the kids involved with that socially is like trying to connect with with these young kids and get them get them interested you know we have kids that weren't playing football that are playing now and it's like some of that's being a new coach and having some new excitement but we're trying to ride that wave a little bit of a new program some new young coaches an exciting new thing we were able to have some success and get some wins rolling and it's like we're just trying to build some excitement into our culture, some motivation into our culture where kids are excited to participate. It's like, it's that time of year right now when the ice starts coming off the lakes and we can go fishing. I think about like a year ago, I'd taken the job. There was these, these three boys that weren't playing football that should have been playing football, called them up, told them we need to go fishing. We got out of there. There was COVID. So we didn't have school, got out of there, went fishing and spent the day with those kids, you know, and didn't say a lot about football, but told them, you know, we need you guys and whatever. And they were able to come out and play for us. One of them was an all state or the other one started and he'll be back next year. But it's like, that's kind of like connecting with kids like that. When I think about motivation, if, if I, as a coach can find a way to connect with these kids because they're all different, you know what I mean? Yeah. And so if I can find a way to connect with them and find out how to push their buttons and make them play for me, then, then that will be special. But I think it's different. Yeah, no, 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 for sure. That's, that's interesting. I mean, that's like the Canab golf course, right? I mean, like on a sales pitch, you know, you take, you go to the golf course and, you know, you kind of strategically find a place to get your sales pitch in. So the, yep. the, the, the fishing docks are the, the Canab uh, golf course, huh? Yeah. They would put those boys onto some fish and they were, they were ready to roll. Little did they know that they were they were the one you were fishing for them. Yeah, <laughs> that's cool. I told them. Well, I told them, hey, anyone who doesn't catch a bigger fish than me today has to play football. But they all caught a bigger fish than me, so that didn't work. But <laughs> oh, that's hilarious. That's good. But all we right. got them all. So yeah, there you go. You got them. That's interesting that you you you've done a lot of recruiting while yeah. since you've been there. Right? Yeah, you usually we, don't think of have. that as, as a as a high school thing, but sometimes it has to be done. So, okay. I, I think a lot of programs are filling that. It's like football has been under attack a little bit in recent years, and I bet there. I bet I'm not the only coach that feels like there's a good number of kids in his school not playing that should be. So, right. That's been a battle we've been fighting for sure. Right, for sure. So, so now that we're you're on the gridiron, you're actually playing. Say, I mean, your your QB, he isn't having a good game. You know, he's he's in a slump. He's got the yips. What do you feel is the best way to to, to not just motivate him, but to to console him? We ran into that a lot this year. Our quarterback had a good year. He was 
he was a first time starter. He hadn't, he didn't play football as a junior and, uh, he was, I mean, most teams that played us would say he was the best football player on the field, but our completion percentage this season was like 37%, I think 38%. Ooh. So it was, I mean, game, game one, we threw it three times and he completed all three of them. So he started out a hundred percent. So yeah. that padded his stats. So from there it was just like, man, he was so sporadic with the, with the completions, but he was a good runner. He was the best player on our team. But what I found with him, it was just like, just do your, your thing. You're going to have an impact on the game at some point. You're going to, you haven't completed a pass today. I know, but you're going to break a run here in a minute. He played both sides for us. We're a small school. You're going to have a big hit that changes the game. You're going to, you're going to pick off a ball here. And he was easy to keep locked in that way. It was like no, nothing very often. Everything went right. Yeah. But he's the kind of kid it was like, hey, hey, just stay in it with us. Eventually something will go right for you, you know. And it always did. Yeah, that's interesting. So so you just kinda you waited for a big play to, to kind of boost his confidence a little bit. Yeah. Okay. All right. Yeah, that's that's a good way to do it for sure. So so we're just gonna take a break from uh football questions. This is a question I ask everybody that I interview, whether it's Tooele County, Cash Valley. So where's the best place to eat in the Kanab area, you'd say? Can I? Oh, that's an easy one. Oh, yeah. Have you been out? Have you been out here? Have you been? Uh, it's been a while. I th- I'm pretty sure I have, but it's it's yeah. been a long time, so I don't remember. A lot of people pass through, like going to Lake Powell or yeah, Zion I think that's what it was. It was Zion, I yeah. think. I'd say our Mexican spot's the best one, Escobar's. Ooh, so me me and my wife have been on a Mexican kick lately, so that that sounds pretty good. What do you get there? What's what's the best thing yeah, you get? Yeah, come hit it up. I go on a rotation. There's not there's not a ton of food here, especially in the winter when some of the tourist spots close down. But uh-huh. but Escobar stays open. Rosa knows the coach's orders. Like when we come in for lunch or whatever, she knows what we want. But I go I go to uh, Chile, Colorado. I like it in a bowl instead of in a burrito. It's a pretty good dish. Ooh, yeah, that's, that does sound pretty good. I'll have but to, the chili Rileno, it's money, pork okay. burrito. Okay. Yeah, I'll have to write this down. So whenever, whenever we, <laughs> next time we go to Zion's, we, we go through Canab, we'll have to uh, take a stop and take a visit to, what was it called, Escobar's? Yeah. Escobar's, yep. Okay, okay, cool. <laughs> All right, okay. Now we'll, we'll take it back. We'll go, we'll go back to the X's and O's a little bit. Um, all right. So, I mean, all, all head coaches are different. I mean, some are defensive coach, coaches, some are offensive coaches. Uh, do you coordinate or help call uh, offense or defense? Offense, yeah. Offensive guy? Yep. All right. What, what is your uh, – what kind of offense do you run? We run the wing tee. So we run the ball a lot. We're under center mostly. We get in shotgun a little bit, but we run, you know, single wing, wing T under right. center most of the time. Okay, awesome. But I call I call the offense. I've got some offensive assistants that are right there with me. My O line coach is awesome and got a offensive guy up in the booth that helps us, but I called the plays on defense, I just stay the heck out of the way. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that, that's how I would be too. All right, cool. So you guys, you put a lot of trust in that offensive line then if you're going to keep running and running and running. Did you guys have a pretty good squad uh, up there on the line? Yeah, our O-line was tough. Um, they were young. We started we started uh, sophomores and four juniors, so we've got them back. Oh, that's huge. But they were tough, and they're, they're in the weight room. They're getting bigger and stronger, and I expect big things from them. I hope they have a huge year. 
Yeah, and and that's that is extremely important, especially. I mean, these small town like linemen hitting that weight room is is essential, especially in those some of those preseason games when you're playing some schools that are a lot bigger than you. I mean, they can yep. they can get by on size alone, while some of these smaller kids can't. They got to hit that weight room for sure. And in these small towns, most of these kids play. <laughs> We, we want them to play all three sports, but most of them right. play at least two sports, you know, so mm-hmm. we get them when we can and work with them. Right. Well, what would you say? I mean, speaking of that, just a follow up question. What would you say is the best lift for a, for a football player? Um, I don't know if you call it a lift, but we push the sled every day. Ooh. And so that's kind of been a part of our philosophy is like if, if we're in here, everyone's going to push the sled. But we do a lot of clean power cleans and stuff too. I think that's obviously a good a good football lift. Yeah, that's what I've heard a lot of. Is, is we love the sled. Cleans. Oof, I hate it. Yeah, it's good. It's good for the the, the quads and the, and the glutes pushing that sled. Yep. But boy, did it suck. <laughs> yeah, the PE teacher that runs his weight that runs his weight class in the in the school is like, man, you guys are going to wear out this turf. I said, that's good. Yeah, that's a good thing. That's a good thing. We'll, we'll get some money and replace it if we have to, but let's wear it out. Yeah, exactly. Pushing pushing that thing. Yeah. Yeah, love it. So I mean, I feel like. A lot of coaches and, and football programs have have a, a philosophy or a theme, whether it's like win the day or, or some, whatever it is. What was your team's kind of philosophy, something that you pounded in your kids' heads day after day last season, and when is it going to be this next season? We kind of have this little slogan, just come, you know, like they do, and hopefully each season we kind of have one. But this one that came to us first might kind of stick around. We put it on some hats and stuff, and it, it came from like, when I was interested in taking the job and I text those other coaches and was like, you know, this is my idea. What do you guys think? Almost, almost everybody replied in the thing and just said, I'm in. And so this I'm in thing just kind of stuck around. I told the boys that that story and then I kind of challenged them to have that same attitude. It's like, whatever we ask of you, like some of the stuff we do is going to be new. You know, the way we run practice is going to be different. You're going to be, have to play through some, some injuries. You're going to have to play, through some issues and whatever. And so what we, what we want your response to be, no matter what we ask you to do is just to say, I'm in. And uh, we kind of like that, that slogan and it stuck around throughout the season. Yeah. I I like that. That's kind of cool. Yeah. Awesome. So, I mean, who's, who, who would you say has been your biggest influence this so far um, that has influenced your coaching career or has uh, motivated you to be the best coach that you can be? Um, I want to keep learning. I'm young. I'm new at this, but I'm like a sponge right now. You know, I'm mm-hmm. spending endless hours on stuff, trying to learn what I can learn, but definitely my dad, you know, I grew up, I grew up in a head football coach's house. So that's where it all started. And so definitely him, but I've, I've also spent a ton of time with coach Orton. He ran this program for a long time. He's a Kanab cowboy legend. I was a little ball boy when he won a state championship. Uh, So I was able, you know, to know him from a young age. And then as an adult, we've become close friends and spent a lot of time fishing together. And I was able to coach with him for a few years and he's been a great resource for me. So I'd say those two, my dad and coach Orton. And then the other one's kind of weird because he had, you know, such a, such a small time frame. but my senior year, he came here and coached and, uh, Dwayne Hatch, he's kind of a, he's a hall of fame coach from where he's from, from out in Washington or whatever. And we had him for camp this first year, but he's my defensive coordinator's grandpa. Mm. 
Uh-huh. But he came here and he brought this he brought this this wing T uh, system to Canab and you know we bought right into that thing like at first we were kind of wondering what was going on but we started moving the ball no one could stop us putting up a ton of yards and a ton of points and so this group of coaches was all part of that right. for the few years he brought that program here and ran it that system and so it became something we all really believed in so it was great to be able to come back and all kind of be on that same page like a system we believe in and we've used him as a resource but he believes in that offense. He knows how to run it, and I just just wish I could get to a point someday where I knew it knew it like he did. You know, right? Yeah. Well, yeah. I'm, I'm sure th- through the years, you know, you'll be able to adapt and uh, figure it out and, and perfect it as you go, right? Yeah, for sure. Yeah. So, I mean, like you said, I mean, you're new at this, so you probably don't have a lot of of you know memories made yet being a a head coach but what would you say so far has been your biggest highlight as a football coach well that first season will be one i remember forever no doubt you know we were able to start out the season seven and oh and uh i didn't even build the schedule coach orton built it before he before he resigned so it was set up nicely for us it felt like stepping stones it was like each week the opponent got a little bit better so the seventh one was our homecoming game where we, we beat we beat Milford here for homecoming. But the one that I'll never forget is that that Millard game. We hadn't beat them at, at Millard for I can't remember what it was now, but it was like 15 years. I mean, we hadn't beat them. We hadn't beat them at Millard for a long time since the 90s. However long that was, I can't remember now. But that win was so rewarding. I feel like it was the best game we played as a team the whole season but just celebrating with the boys after that one in the locker room, the coaches and the players, it was, that was a ball. That was our funnest. That was, that was one I'll remember for sure. Yeah, that's, that's big. I remember in, when I was in high school, I mean, they, they must've been a really good program for a really long time because yeah. we, we would lose, they were obviously a smaller school than we were. And every time we went there, we, we would, we would lose. So they're, yeah, they're a really good football program over there. Yeah, they've always been solid for forever, you know? Yeah. I mean, so it sounds like you have a lot of returning uh, starters, um, at least on the O-line. How about everywhere else? Do you guys have a pretty good squad coming back? Yeah, we're, yeah we think so. Uh, we didn't have a lot of seniors last year, so we got a lot of kids returning. Our quarterback was a senior, um, but we've got a kid behind him that we really like. He also played safety for us, and he was sure a good safety. That'll be a tough spot to fill. But mm-hmm. we've got a lot of kids uh, coming back that we're excited about for sure. Awesome. So what are some of the goals you have for next season? Um, one thing One thing we just recently did, and it was kind of funny, we got this, uh, you know, the jugs machine, the – that throws out the footballs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was raising some money. I was hitting some people up. We did a little fundraiser and got some money to get one of those. One of the guys who who made a donation to us, uh, our, our doctor here, Dr. Audie's like, asked me, he said, you guys pass the ball how many times a game? 12 times a game? I was like, no, we pass it nine times a game. He's like, well, what the heck do you want a jugs machine <laughs> for? But uh, I told you our completion percentage was low, way too low. Our goals yeah. – uh, to have it above 50%. And so that was my answer to him is we might only pass it nine times a game, but they're nine of the most important plays of the game. Right. And we've got to complete them. So we got that here a 
couple weeks ago the other night i ran 500 balls through that thing so i was like you know we gotta throw and catch the football even if we only do it nine times a game we need to complete those passes Mm -hmm. but as far as goals i mean that's that's a small thing just something we want to work on we want to get that up but right we've got a coach who always says beat beaver win region take state do those things in that order i mean that would be a dream but that's always kind of going to be the the standard for us i mean if us coaches are saying the three things we want to accomplish that would be the three of them perfect but i've had the boys kind of talk to me and really a goal that we're going to have as a team goal throughout the year is uh to be the most excited to play to be a team and to be the best at your job if we can do those three things i'm going to pound those goals to the boys and and hopefully they buy into that. But I feel like each night, each Friday night, if we're the team that's the most excited to play, uh, we're we're a team. We're united as a team. Then, then we can we can accomplish the things we want to accomplish. You know. Right. Yeah. I mean. I mean. That's that's the start of a, a healthy, successful culture. I think is having that ambition and that excitement to play the game, and I think the rest will kind of fall into place. Yeah. Yeah, it's weird how kids sometimes they seem so excited to play and other times they don't. And I know some of it's coaching, but it's like we had a few games through the year where through last season where the kids were so excited to come out and play and they played so well. And then other games, it was just like you were you were begging for that from them. And so, right. It's I don't know what the secret is. Yeah, that is interesting how that all works. Yeah. Huh. All right. Well, that's all I have for you, Coach. I once again, I truly appreciate you you coming on, and I think it's going to be awesome for, to have the, some of these kids come on and jump on and 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 listen and uh, listen to their their leader. So we appreciate it. Yeah. Cool. Thanks for having me. Yeah. Not a problem. Have a good rest of uh, your night, and we'll try to get this out uh, later tonight. Okay. Sounds good. Thanks. All right. Have a good one. Okay. See you, man. All right. Bye.